Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development program that changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to message number three in this new series called The Power of Perfect Love. And I want to help you come into a place where you not only uh, know about the love of God, you not only believe in the love of God, but you experience the love of God. And when you experience it because you believe it in your heart, that's where the power goes to work in you and starts producing fruit and bringing substance to your life. You know, remember this. God has already, if we're in Jesus, he has already freely given all things that pertain to life and godliness to us. But, uh, but just because he's given it does not mean that we are experiencing it. And there are so many weird doctrines out there that make us believe if it's true and God said it, then we should be experiencing it. But you have to understand, without faith, it's impossible to please God. If we are not by faith, all faith really means is trusting. If we don't trust what God says, then we're not believing it in our heart. If we're not believing it in our heart, it's not going to affect our emotions. It's not going to affect our physical health. It's not going to affect the way we relate to people. We're going to get no benefit from it. And, ba and basically, in this world that we're living in now, where everybody is a victim and everybody uh, is suffering from gross entitlement, uh, there is very little concept of the fact that we have to participate in what God has given us by faith. And again, religion has twisted our ideas of faith. But you know what? When this series is over, you're going you're going to have a better understanding of faith. You're going to have a better understanding of what it of, of what it means to to receive something by faith. Now, today we're talking about the eternal nature of truth. I want you to understand something. There is a very distinct difference between what is true and what is truth. And if you don't understand that difference, you'll actually catch yourself lying because you will be telling what is true, but you may not be telling what is truth. And until you understand God's definition of truth and you understand this eternal nature of truth, it's very easy to deceive yourself and to think that, uh, that it's all right for you just to tell one side of a story. I, I tell you, you know, there's a proverb that I would save so much trouble in everybody's life if we would just adhere to it, like all the Word of God that gives us wisdom. But the pro this proverb says that that the first person that tells their side of the story always sounds right. And then there's another proverb that talks about how foolish it is to uh, uh, speak or reach an opinion about something until you've heard both sides of the story. Well, I got news for you. In, in my life, what I've encountered, and I did it a lot when I was a young man, is that most people tell a version of the truth. They tell a part of the truth, which means it is not truth. Now, here's something you want to understand. We do this thing from our heart that's called projection. And in projection, 
we have this tendency, uh, and and projection is based on the law of sowing and reaping. The law of sowing and reaping is the one constant law uh, of this created universe. And uh, it's a law that you don't have to have faith for it to operate. It, It operates. The entire universe, everything in it operates from the law of the seed. And uh, I'll be releasing a new book on that just shortly, and uh, it's going to help you immensely. But uh, projection is where, because we do something for a certain reason, we, we will project a judgment on other people. We will assume that they do the same thing that we do for the same reasons that we do them. Even when other people do the same things we do, they may not do it for the same reasons. But uh, another aspect of this law of sowing and reaping is called projection, is that is that we tend to project our character traits onto other people. And where we have flaws, we will suspect those flaws to exist in other people. Well, what, is, what this does to us is when we don't discover what the truth is. And listen, even if you don't know the biblical definition, your heart knows when, when you're not telling the truth. Your heart knows when you're telling a partial truth. And a partial truth is a lie according to the Word of God. So what happens is we can't, we have trouble trusting people because we're going to always assume that they're lying to us because, because we lie to them. But where this really uh, destroys our life is many times this is the reason people have trouble trusting God because they themselves are not trustworthy. They themselves are not faithful. They don't keep their word. And when they say something, they only state part of the truth. They don't, they don't really reveal uh, everything that needs to be revealed in order for other people to understand what the truth is. So anyhow, uh, you know, so when, when Christians lie and justify they usually do so by stating something that is true, but it's not really the truth. Now, let me mention to you, if you're, if you're really wanting to dive into this, you're wanting to develop your heart in this thing about perfect love, uh, be sure and you can download the audio series right now and you can get all these video messages free plus Take the deeper dive into the audio series and you can invest in your life. You can invest in the kingdom because, because we use those finances to write books and create videos and, and send messages all over the world. And it's, a, it's, a, it's an investment in uh, the world for the Lord Jesus Christ because we are taking the gospel to the world. We are raising up one billion disciples around the world. And uh, so when people purchase something from us, uh, the majority of those funds go into making it possible for us to, to reach these people. All right, let me jump back in this. In, uh, in, in Gentile mindsets, which we, we are Gentiles, and so in Gentile mindsets, the, the Christianity has become uh, more and more Gnostic-based. Now, Gnosticism is usually some weird combination of mysticism, uh, legalism, uh, and intellectualism. And so in the Gentile mind, we really have 
Would we really think that we're in faith if we just uh, mentally agree with what the scripture says? And that's that's not what faith is. That's not what it means to believe in your heart. But uh, uh, so because we're knowledge-based, the Gnostics, they believed that the elite would have special insight in the truth. And the, those who had the special insight got special anointings and when they got special anointings, then they could get their prayers answered. They could get in touch with God. They could they could do things that you could not do. And uh, but it all came down to getting the secret truth. I, I just want you to know something. The world is held hostage by secret information. Some of the secret information is very occult based, and it is not true. But the information that we could have, you know, there would be no pollution. All fuel would be free. There would be no shortage of, 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 of heat, of cool. There'd be no shortage of food. There, there would be no, none of these things that are, that are polluting and destroying the world would be happening. And we have the resources to do all of this, but because of greed and the desire to control people, that information is held back from the general public and anybody who comes up with an invention that would that would do away with petroleum or that would uh heal cancer or heal any major diseases that that patent is going to get bought up by some big corporation so that they can hide it from us so so we are held captive by ignorance As a matter of fact the bible tells us that because of because of a lack of knowledge people go into captivity now so when you have a knowledge-based society and ever and you know there's supposed to be the the secret information that you have to get the anointing to get and all this kind of stuff well well then what happens is um you basically reach this conclusion that there's only one way to see truth now i'm not talking about relativity here i'm not talking about a relative truth where where uh where truth changes where values change and that sort of thing that's not what i'm talking about uh i want you to understand something truth is absolute but the application of truth is 100 variable but the problem is is the guy standing in the white house or the guy standing on the on the floor of congress by the way you may not know this but but it is written into into the rules of uh, of our Congress that they are cannot be held accountable for lying when they are speaking on the floor. So they can stand up, tell every lie in the world, never be held accountable for it. They live they live by a, a totally different set of rules than than we live by. But but I want you to understand this: that truth is absolute, values are absolute. And God will God reveals his values and his truth to us through what is called righteousness. And we'll talk about righteousness. I've got a great series on faith righteousness that I did a few months ago. I probably got 10 or 12 videos for free on our on our website. If you want to go check it out, had great, 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 great response to, to this faith righteousness series. But anyhow, so then the problem comes in that people are thinking that that before they can they can get something to work they've got to find this one little narrow truth 
And if they don't, if they don't find it, and if they don't say it just right, and if they don't do it in the King James English or something, you know, who knows what kind of crazy religious ideas people get, that they will not be able to make it work. Well, again, what you're going to discover is one of the most surprising aspects of truth is you find out uh, the absolute factors of truth, but then you don't move into truth unless you open your heart up to the Holy Spirit and allow him to show you how to apply it in your life. And that's the number one reason that serious godly people, even when they hear the Lord speak something to them, even when God tells them to go out and, and do something specific with their life, they usually fail at it because we try to, we try to do it our way. We, we pick a path that makes sense to us and we don't listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying about how to walk this out. Well, you'll learn more about this uh, in this series. And actually, those of you who listen to me a lot, you know that I, I talk a lot about this. Now, truth is eternal. It never changes its meaning, but it, but it is eternal, and it is multidimensional. Now, what do you mean by multidimensional? Well, you know, if you will, if you read through the Bible, you're going to find words that many times uh, some teachers and some scholars will tell you that these different words are just synonyms. They're just different ways of saying the exact same thing. Well, I got news for you. There, I don't think there are any synonyms anywhere in the Old or the New Testament. Whenever we have multiple descriptions of the same thing, what's usually happening is we are discovering different depths to a truth, and many times we're discovering different applications uh, of a truth. And so that is just so crucial to understand that the Holy Spirit is the only one that can keep us solid on the unchangeable truth, but at the same time lead us into the application without getting subjective and goofy and mystical and, and all this kind of stuff. But we, we live in a society where... Uh, Half-truths pass for lies. You know, uh, one of the best examples I ever heard uh, of this was I was studying a particular Hebrew teacher, and and, uh, and and he was talking about about truth, and he was talking about how that uh, truth has to be has to be consistent uh, in the past, in the present, and in the future. And he used an example. I'm telling you, this example just rung so true. I've got five daughters and. Uh, uh, you know, I can't tell you how many times Brenda and I would come home and we would catch these girls fighting and acting like fools. And, and, and so the problem is we would walk in and let's say, let's say we walk, we walk in and we catch one of the kids being really, really mean to the other kid. Well, now you, you think I know the truth. I saw this with my own eyes. I saw what happened. Well, you did. And as far as that dimension of the truth, yes, in the present, you know what's happening. But you do you know what happened before you got there? And what you maybe didn't know is that one of the kids was hateful to the other kid. And when you came in, what you were seeing was a response. And so you end up thinking the truth is this kid is the one that's acting up. I'm going to ground this kid or I'm going to whatever. But, but that's really not true. They were, they were, they were both having bad attitudes. They were both displaying bad attitudes. And so you don't know the truth about anything 
until you know how it started, why it started, what happened, and then you see what's going on right now, and then you actually ultimately have to be able to see the outcome of it. What what is the fruit of it? What does it produce? Now stop and think how many times we have had portions of major cities burnt down because uh, some news media uh, would show a a video clip of something that would look so horrendous and it would look so maybe so racial or it would seem so prejudiced or it would seem so stupid. It's, it seemed like somebody was telling a lie. And so they would show that part of it and they would use that to destroy somebody's reputation. They would destroy their companies. They would destroy their livelihood. And what has always amazed me is then if you go to court and you get a, a, a judge that has no ethics and maybe is getting some a little bit of a kickback somehow, some benefits on the side, that judge will, would never make them show the full and the entire video. And so then you end up, like I so said, you end up with cities being burned down. You end up with people being uh, mugged, beat up, robbed, murdered, uh, molested, raped, all these kinds of things. You end up with businesses being destroyed. And, uh, and, and really, you, you don't know the truth. You, you saw one segment of the truth. You know, I've got a lot of friends that uh, uh, worked as EMTs, police officers, firemen. And I'll tell you, I hear the story so many times of when they go out uh, on a call, if a person's jacked up on PCP or, or, or methamphetamines or, you know, some of the, some of the stimulant type drugs, and they're out there beating somebody up, trying to kill somebody. The problem is you, you can, you can tase them, you can beat them with a nightstick, but you can't stop them. And and so many times this extreme violence that we might see with the police, and I'm not saying this is true every time, and I'm not justifying any brutality by the police, but a lot of these extreme things that we see, we didn't see the 30 or 45 minute fight that went on. We didn't see the the EMTs and the fire department people that were that were put in the hospital because this person was so jacked up on drugs that they couldn't stop it. Now what we saw is the final maximum force that it took to stop that person. And then we lose our minds and we think we, ha we have the truth. And man, we go out in our righteous indignation and we're going to, you know, we're going to protest. We're going to, we're going to vote for somebody else. We're going to get people out, out of office. And the truth is, is all based on a lie because until you know the past, the present and the future, the outcome of events, you really do not yet know the truth. Now, so we're, we're going to go into a lot greater detail about this because the Hebrew language gets so clear about being able to understand truth. And, and at the end of this, that's what I, I want you to be able to grasp truth in a way that it works in your life. But we're talking very specifically about the perfect love of God. And we talk about how that many times, you know, people are just walking around, you know, you know, God loves me, so I'm free from fear, but why am I scared to death? God loves me, so everything's going to be all right because God loves me, but everything's not all right. My life is an absolute mess. Well, the truth is, the scripture doesn't say that love drives out all fear. Um, you know, 
People say, you know, nothing can separate me from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Well, that's true, but you can harden your heart to God. And even though he is still attempting to pour his love on you, you can't receive it. You can't feel it. You can't enjoy it. So again, we end up with uh, having the information about the love of God, but we are not experiencing it in our life. Now, whenever you do translation work, and, and you know, today, every, everything in the world has been dummied down. And listen, this is very, very deliberate. I might have mentioned this already. You know, I have friends that are that work as songwriters and music row and and uh, in Nashville. And and so one of the you know, one of the things that that uh, they do in Nashville now is when they write a song, they do not want you to use vocabulary uh that would be above a third grade level. Because uh, the education system is so bad that uh, if you if you write a song that has that goes beyond a third grade level, people aren't going to get it. They're, they're not going to be able to understand it. All this is by design. You know, one of the, one of the things that, by the way, that God insists he, is a commandment that we all know how to read. Huh? And I'm not talking about just read casually. We are supposed to be able to read and understand what we read. And uh, because that skill is disappearing, uh, then this is why people, they don't have a good vocabulary. They don't know what words mean. They argue about things that they don't understand. They don't, they don't understand how the government works. They don't understand how math works. They don't understand how science works. And so, and so people have these irrational arguments uh, simply because we, we are being systematically uh, dummied down. And, and that is so tragic. Well, you know, when I think about people reading the Bible, and I, you know, in our Bible college, uh, we would have people come to our Bible college. Some of them had graduated from secular college. Some of them had had uh, advanced degrees uh, in theology and and uh, divinity and you know this sort of thing. And so we even had we we even had a students a lot of students that already had doctorate degrees, and they would come to our school because we equip people to be effective in ministry and serving people. We don't just we don't just turn into a religious zealot. But what would used to be so tragic is to have people that had already graduated with advanced degrees and they could not write a complete sentence. And so when they would have to write papers, listen, if you're in the ministry, everything you're doing is about communication. And it's about reading and understanding communication and then being able to communicate to people in a way that they can understand. So if you can't, if you can't write a complete sentence, how are you going to write books? How are you going to write articles? How are you even going to put sermons together that make sense to anybody? Well, I'll tell you, you're not. But one of the key things is when we're reading the Bible, we have to be searching for truth, not lifting out statements that are sort of true, but we want the truth. We, we want that which is eternally true. It's always going to be true. And so when people teach about the love of God and just try to, and I know they're trying to be helpful. I know they're trying to be encouraging, but they just pretty much make you feel like it doesn't matter if I love God or not. What matters is God loves me. And I don't really, there's not anything else I need to do. Well, the problem with that, a Jesus himself talked about the importance, not just the importance, but the necessity 
of us loving God and how that affects our life. And so, so let's bring a little bit into context here. You know, First uh, John four twelve says this: No one's seen God any time, which is kind of interesting. Which means the context is we're, we're about to discover how the only way that the world can see God. They, they, they don't read the Bible. If they read the Bible, they don't, they don't. They're not open to the Holy Spirit to, to teach them. So, so the only way they can see God in the world today is when they see Him in us, and that's what that's what happens. When God's glorified, when God's glorified, it means that he has been revealed. He has been manifest. And that only happens through the life of a person who is doing what God would do, who is thinking what God would think, who is, who is treating people the way that God would treat people. And so, so in this concept of, of the world seeing God, he's saying, now, if we love one another, God abides in us. Now, that word abide, it's not just the, whether the Holy Spirit is in you or not in you. That word abide has more to do with being at home in you, having a, having a residence there. It's like letting him move in and live with you, and, and you share time and, you know, and your, share your lives together. But it, so it says, uh, so if we love one another, God abides in us. Now, listen to this. And his love has been perfected in us. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. See, love doesn't cast out fear. Love doesn't give us confidence when we're faced with judgment and criticism and when we've got to deal with sin in our own life. Uh, no, perfect love is what does that. And remember, perfect love is when love has reached the goal for which it was given. That's like planting a seed and the crop that comes and is harvested and people get to eat from that crop that was grown from that seed, that seed has been perfected. And so, but then it goes on, and man, this is, this is so, so we're, we're kind of getting this continuum going. It says, all right, so it says, nobody's seen God anytime, but if we love one another, God abides in us. So loving one another is the evidence that God abides in us, that he's at home in us. And this is talking about the agape love of God. And he says, and... It's the evidence that this love has been perfected as it has been brought to its goal. And by this, we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. So we start realizing that I don't even have evidence. I can't even, you know, I can try to say I, I, I've got confidence when I'm faced with, with challenges. I can try to say that, you know, God loving me delivers me from fear and condemnation. But I'm just talking, those are just empty words that are not happening unless that love has been perfected in me. And one of the things that happens is when, when love is perfected in us, one of the things it does, it actually serves as a witness to our own heart. It confirms that, that we are in the truth. It, can, it confirms what we have in Jesus. And so the question is, do you want to keep walking around imagining that just because God loves you, that you're going to have the power of God working in your life? Or do you want to say, no, you know what? I want to have the confidence of God loving me. I want his love to be perfected, and I want it to reach the goal for which he gave it. And he didn't give it to me just so it could stop with me. He gave it to me so that it becomes the fruit uh, of the Holy Spirit that other people eat. It becomes the, the food that grows in my garden 
And at the end of the day, I'm not just the one that gets benefited, but everybody around me is getting benefited. Everybody around me is not seeing God and getting benefited from God in me, Christ in me, then love hadn't been perfected. Listen, share this with friends. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure and like it, subscribe to our channel, and be back next week, and we will run at this again. I'm telling you, this is going to get better and better and better. Thanks for listening to the Weekly Impact Ministries World Changers Podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website from previous broadcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.